Caution, the Mark Hunger Show contains adult content intended for an adult audience. And, besides that, he's really weird. Welcome to the Mark Gunger Show with international marriage speaker and author of Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage, Mark Gunger. This is your source for practical, down-to-earth marriage advice without all the over-spiritualization or romantic nonsense. And now the host of the Mark Gunger Show, Mark Gunger. And the crowd goes wild with delirious joy. They've joined the Mark Gunger Show, the show that deals with all things concerning... Marriage. Marriage. Indeed, I'm your host, the one, the only, Mark Gunger. Joining me is always the ever-lovely, charming Lady Diane. Of course, the amazing Philip James Hi. Gunger. Hi. <laughs> Engineering the show, as always, the very talented, yet eerily creepy, Timothy Robert Ray. Pushing buttons, twisting knobs, and trying to stay awake during this incomprehensibly, immeasurably boring show. This is the show that handles your marital challenges, relational conundrums, and dating dilemmas. That You can email to us at ask, ask at markgungor.com. Joining us uh, as for the last week's show, uh, we have the, how, how do you say the last name, Tanovs? Yes. Tanovs. Tanovs. Oh, Daniel and Nora from Bulgaria. And uh, it's not that we've all been walking around in the same clothes, unshaven <laughs> or unwashed for a week. It's just we taped the two shows back to back. I still like my idea of swapping our coats, yeah, our yeah. outer layer to the right. We were just yeah. doing that and we would look different. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, glad to have them with us again. <clears throat> what do you got there today? little article from Shanti Feldhahn that says, four phrases that make you a hero to your wife. Okay. Ready? Number one, here, let me do that. Saying, what can I do to help is fantastic. Stepping in and taking something off her hands feels to her as if a couple of dozen roses were dropped in by parachute. Yeah, this is all just assumptions, you know. Here, let me Because uh, I, I told you last week's show mm-hmm. that uh, I was at a conference where we opened it up for questions and answers. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, when I do such and such, my wife gets mad. Mm-hmm. What should I do? And I said, well, don't, don't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't rocket science. But what it was was he was trying to do things for her. Mm-hmm. Let me do that. I want to do that. And she says, no, I don't want you to do it. And he was incensed and upset because any woman, according to reading this stuff like this, right, would want me to do it. Yes. Well, you didn't marry every woman. You married that one. And she doesn't want you to do it. So don't do it. So to say, here, let me do that is always a wonderful thing and a parachute from heaven, horse manure for a lot of women who don't want you to do it because when you do it, you don't do it as good as they do it. It makes them mad. And it depends on how you say it. Here, here let, me, let, do let that. me do that. It's a little different than here, let me do that. Yeah. But she didn't want him to do it either way and she's sitting there laughing. So it reminded me because I saw this clip, I think I even posted it on my Facebook at one point of this uh, a divorce court thing mm-hmm. where the lady was div- uh, divorcing the guy because he was too nice. 
Did you see this? Did yes. you see it? Okay. It was crazy. Oh, no, we're thinking crazy. So, but then I ran into this guy. Yes. And they're sitting right in front of me. And his wife's just grinning from here. She wasn't denying it one bit. And he is describing how he does all these wonderful things for his wife. And all these women are going, oh. oh and she doesn't like and she's, it. And, but she doesn't like it. And she's smiling going, nope, I don't like it. <laughs> well, then don't do it. So there I can see that actually makes sense to me. If he's the kind of guy, let's talk about the guy on yes. the uh, divorce court thing, where he is constantly forcing himself to do yes. things that he's, she's literally asked him, please don't do yes. that. Then you become obnoxious. Yes. And it does become a problem. Do you yes. guys do that over there? There's she wants me to do stuff. <laughs> oh, no, that That's we right. yeah. She was like, language. no, you can do things for me. You can do things for me. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. It's the opposite. Yeah. Most women are like her. Most women like her. Yes. Yeah. But some they actually don't want you to do it because it ticks them off. They want to do it themselves. No. And there's some very independent women that that's the way they are. You have an independent wife, then this doesn't make sense. She, she <clears> says, <throat> the two phrases, here, let me do that, and what can I do to help? I will take what can I do to help. That I would have no problem with. But if someone stepped in and said, here, let me do that, that steps all over my need to feel competent. Because if somebody said that, I would think, what, you think I can't do this? And so just the turn of the two phrases makes a huge difference for me, but I know I'm crazy. Well, I always uh, say, what can I do to help? As in implying I couldn't possibly do anything to help her when she asked me to <laughs> yeah, help. Yeah, what can I possibly do? There's nothing I can do. <laughs> Point number two. Here, here, Diane, let me do this. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Here, let me do it. <laughs> let me do it. Let me do it. And then you need to respond, Diane. You're right. You're right. I didn't do that quite right. right. Okay, so you're right. I didn't do, do that quite right. right. Show me again. Show me again. That's, a woman likes to hear that? Uh, you're right. I didn't do, do that quite right. right. Show, Show me, me again. again. No, I don't think so. But this is what you were talking about. That uh, he won't this do it the Shante, right way. She's a nice lady. She's written some great books. This so far is horseman. Yes. All right. Yes. She's because really struck out on the second one. Yes. And the third, oh, I can see myself showing that to my wife. You know, you're right. I think that's the I man didn't. saying it. That's yes. the man saying it. Yes, can you imagine me, me saying this to my wife? You know, you're right. Please, show me again how stupid I am. <laughs> because she again, says... Again, Laura might be sitting here thinking, dear Lord, if he would only say, say that, that more often, <laughs> I would be in heaven. Because Shanti says that when he steps in to do it, he's not doing it the right way. And that's why a lot of guys get mad because they're not doing it the right way. So instead of getting mad when she says, no, don't do it that way, you're now supposed to say, gentlemen. Like when you're trying to oh, make here. eggs. And then your wife says, no, you're not doing that. You're not correctly. doing that right. Show me ah, again. she's crazy. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, you'll be a hero if you say that. <laughs> hero my butt. <laughs> okay. That's nonsense. All <laughs> Number, right. three. Number three. I'm angry and I need some space, but I'll be back in a bit. We're okay. When you're furious or hurt and need to get some air. I think that's a good thing yes. to say. How does that make you a hero? Because you don't just stomp out of the room. Because in order for people to click on your things to read them, <laughs> you have to use hyperbole. Like the five best things you yes. could possibly ever do for your wife. Yes. Okay. Okay, so this is because if you want, oh, I want to be a hero, and then you have to click on it. It feels absolutely right. All right, Flora, let me, let me do this one for you. Yes, Diane, go ahead. Let me do it for you incapable. because you're an incompetent ignoramus. <laughs> uh-huh. Here's the fourth one a man can say that will make her feel like a, a hero. I'm so sorry that happened. How did that feel? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm so sorry that How did that feel? Okay, I guess. Well, Would you like that? She says on... 
because of the way the female brain is wired, that will help her. Because she, well, you basically yeah, say, no, that say that in the seminar. Feel? I yeah. say that every time ding, I walk ding, past ding, my ding, wife ding, and ding, I ding. slap her butt really hard. <laughs> How did that feel? She gets mad at me. Yeah, like, oh, I'm sorry that happened. How did that, <laughs> How did that make you feel? <laughs> How did that make you feel? Because you said that. Right. How did that make you feel? Just how did that feel? How did that feel? <laughs> Not how did it make you feel? All right. I say we quit reading stories about the four best things to make you a hero. We'll be back with more right after this. Download your free Mark Gunger app today to see all of the latest from the world of Mark Gunger. There you are. There I am. <laughs> Waiting for the black to go away. Mark Unger here talking to you about our Transition One program here in Green Bay, Wisconsin, part of Celebration Church where I'm the pastor. It is a one-year gap program to uh, help your young person transition from high school into college. Take one year, slow down, put God first. Uh, what we do in our one-year program, one year is a one nine months. school year, nine-month program. Mm-hmm. We uh, work with them. We show them how to do life. We got some great teachers. I spend time with them, hopefully on a weekly basis. Some weeks it doesn't always work out, but sit down, spend a couple of hours with them once a week. Uh, even the lovely Diane here yes. is also part yeah, of the I program. Do. do you do any of this with Phil? I don't know. No, he needs to. No, he wants to listen to Phil. That's the he problem. He needs to come in and do it. He should. I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. How, how, to, how to have a great father. <laughs> oh, wait. That happens automatically. Uh, anyway, so that's what we do. And, and at the end of the uh, six months of how to do life, here's how you choose a spouse. This is how you plan your life. This is how to make decisions. Here's how to be a leader. Here's how to handle money. We teach them practical things that, quite frankly, they're not getting in school today where they're mostly just teaching them how to recycle. Good. <laughs> All right. So um, at the end of the six months, first six months, then we send them to a three-month out-in-the-field uh, program, hands-on uh, overseas, where they're getting to work with people. It's more than just the typical 10-day, let's go giggle and have a lot of fun missions trip. This is where you really stay over there and you live with him. Uh, Daniel here is from uh, Bulgaria, and he's uh, agreeing to be one of the places that we yes. send our kids to. So the kids will pick from awesome. uh, Africa or South America, or now we're going to be off from Bulgaria. And uh, you guys have had English people English-speaking kids come over, right? And and the kids, oh, yeah. young kids, speak English over there. Yeah, more and more of the young generation are now speaking English, so it's easy to, to connect. Yeah, so we'll send them over there, and they'll work with them. They live with them, and they really experience what life is like. Not everywhere is like America. Or they'll learn Bulgarian. Maybe. Mm-hmm. They can learn Bulgarian, like me. Like you, you mm-hmm. know how to say ciao ciao. Ciao ciao. <laughs> That's kind of Italian too, though. How do you say hello? Zdrave. Strave? Zdrave. Drave. Zdrave. Zdrave. You start with a Z? Yes. Who starts with a Z? Zdrave. Zdrave. Don't pick it up quickly. It sounds It sounds like a like a B coming at you. Zdrave. Yeah. All right. I've already got it. Look how much you've learned already just in this silly little thing. Go check out our program, transition1.org. We're back. How Hello in Bulgarian, which I massacre. not only can I massacre the English language, <laughs> I can do the same thing in multiple languages. We're back. What do you got? Wife writing. She says, my husband and I have been together for ten and a half years, married for three, 
and have two beautiful daughters together, year and a yes. half and three months. Right. Ever since I've become a mom, I've forgotten how to be a wife. 100% of my affection and daily focus is on the kids, and 100% of my husband's attention has gone to our family farm. We've lost connection with each other, more sexually than anything, but his frustration with that has turned into frustrations with emotional connection for me. How can we rekindle our love, affection, and my sexual drive? I asked her, how often are you having sex? How often did you used to? And she said, we're not having sex really once every couple months. Before, when we were connected, it was more like one to two times a week. Mm -hmm. He basically begs for it on a daily basis, but I'm never in the mood or just too exhausted for it. We've done a few date nights in the past three months, but not often. All right. Listen to me. Uh, the simplest answer is don't give 100% to your kids. Stop that. By your own admission, you're ruining your marriage. Stop it. It's like, Doc, it hurts when I keep sticking my hand in the fire. What should I do? Oh, I don't know. How about you not stick your hand in the fire? For heaven's sakes. And I say the same thing to men. Men, I give 100% on the job. Don't give 100% on the job. That means when you come home, you got nothing else to give. All right, don't totally deplete all of your energy in one area. And you, my dear, are going to destroy your marriage. In fact, I'm amazed he hasn't dumped you already. I'm married to some woman for years and she never has sex with me every few months. That's the end of that. So you you know what? How old are these kids? A year and a half and three months old. Yeah, you know what? You really love your kids? You're going to make sure the dad sticks around. The way you are acting... You're going to end up in a divorce because your husband's going to dump you or he's going to run off with some other woman who will be a lover to him. And then your kids are going to grow up without a father. Yeah, you really love your kids? How about you actually love their father and intentionally take care of this? And what is this? I'm too tired for sex. What? No one's asking you to run a marathon, for heaven's sakes. Are you that exhausted? I can't take my panties off. I'm so tired. Ah! Goodness gracious, a lot of these guys, your husband's so jacked up, he probably the whole thing's over in a minute and a half anyway. Goodness gracious. Ah, that just irritates me to no end. I got nothing to say nice to this lady. I think w- what many people don't understand is that what made their relationship great during dating is what they invested in it. And they just expect that when they get married, they can ignore everything they have done before that, like being nice, dating, and you know, do good things for the other person. And they just stop doing it, and the relationship will be just as normal as it was before that. Yeah, but how much of a jerk do you got to be? Your wife begs you daily for something. I don't care what it is. And you ignore her. Yeah. She begs you daily and you ignore her. You are a jerk of an astronomical proportion. She, by her own admission, said, my husband begs me daily for sex and she can't bother herself to be a lover to her husband. Shame on her. And then she wonders why her marriage is going to fall apart. It's like someone emailed, Pastor Mark, every time I, 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 I walk up to my husband, I punch him in the face. And he doesn't like it. What should I do? Mm. Why is she even writing? She knows exactly what's wrong with her marriage. It's because sex has always been a feel thing. It's always been something you want to do, you want to do, and now all of a sudden it turns into something you should do. And you want it, they, what people are looking for, how do we get that want back? How do I get that want back? You, you, it, you just have what? to do it, and you have to do it on purpose. And yes. It's about scheduling your life, and yes. things used to come easy, yes. and now they don't. Put good. it out on the calendar. Talk pick, to pick the lady. I can't even talk to her. Talk. That's good advice. Keep going. <laughs> you I, do. I want to punch her. But go ahead. <laughs> I'll just say her quietly. In fact, I'm working with a couple right now to help. Uh, we're seeing if we can put together a program to help people schedule things. Because when kids come and life gets crazy, mm-hmm. 
you don't have date nights unless you do it on purpose. Exactly. And she, yeah, she's going to be extremely tired. Uh, she, yeah. or just her energy, everything, all the mm-hmm. levels are different. Everything's yeah. different. Things need to change mm-hmm. in the life. And so you need to sit down and pick things out and plan. And, and two, to help him know when uh, he's going to win. Because, you know, as we've talked about before, you know, my dad would always use the analogy that uh, men treat sex like two-year-olds treat having to go to the bathroom. <laughs> they don't say they have to until it's like, I got to go right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which my daughter yesterday, she had an accident. She was so funny. I don't know where she came from. But she said, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I used all of my superpowers oh, to hold it said. in. Oh, that's so my funny. superpowers. And she's serious. She's like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh. but, but guys will be like that. It's like, just until the last possible second, they want to have sex right, right now. And of course, it's usually at the worst moment for the girl, right? Yeah. So her answer is, well, no, not right yeah. now. You know, and then he just, uh, then he gets all depressed and stuff. So mm. be intentional, pick out some time, sit down and plan, take like 30 minutes if that's what it can take, like on a Saturday, a Sunday, sometime you guys have time and figure out your week. Yep. When can we spend a little bit of time together on a date night, having sex, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But if you want to win, you got to plan. Exactly. All right. That's a nice version. <laughs> That's the nice version. With, His any. version is you're being a jerk. <laughs> and the, my version is how how big of a jerk are you? I can't imagine my wife begging me daily for something. I don't care what it is. And I keep blowing her off. How do you do that and not come away with the sense that I am a jerk of astronomical proportion? I think because very often uh, men don't understand how emotionally connecting to their wives is so important to them. And women can't understand why sex is so important to men. So when a man says... Uh, okay, but, but, so- but that happens automatically anyway. We run into that. If your wife is begging you daily to talk to her and you refer, refuse to talk to her, you're a jerk. Exactly. It's oh, like- that's not my problem with her. It's not like this is a mystery. Sometimes you got to work with couples and uncover these things. She's right up front saying, I have sex with him maybe once every three months or so, and he begs me daily, and she ignores him. Well, he's shut down emotionally is what she's saying because he's so frustrated by this. Well, she knows she's connected the dots. She knows exactly what she's doing. There's no mystery here. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. So if she's wanting to know how to win, do it on purpose. You have to be intentional about this thing. Whether you're what tired you're or feel wrong. like it. Yeah, listen to them. Don't listen to me. Well, the thing is, she's it. getting up in the middle of the night probably no, still serious, to take I'm care serious. of this three-month-old. Just... Does she feel like getting up in the middle of the night to do this? Does she feel like feeding her one-and-a-half-year-old if she's tired? No, she probably does not feel like that. But I... she does it out of necessity. Honey, this is a necessity, too. <laughs> just like if you don't feed your kid, you're going to have trouble. If you don't feed your husband, so to speak, feed Pretend him. Pretend that your wife wanted you to kill some spiders. Yeah, yeah. But you really didn't want to kill those spiders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if she was begging me every day to do it for years, <laughs> what kind of a jackass do you have mm-hmm. to be? That's, I don't understand that. I just don't understand it. I mean, I get all the subject talking, <laughs> and I've talked about this stuff a hundred times. But when someone gets to the point where they are daily begging, begging. I've had women who, who beg that their husband would just talk to them mm-hmm. every day. Like, you're a jerk. Well, he doesn't need to come to one of my seminars. He's just a jerk at this point. 
Don't need any insights. He's just a jerk. When your spouse is begging you and you keep saying, no, you are a jerk. But don't listen to me. Listen to Phil and Diane because they're nicer than I am. And Daniel's even very nice. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back with more irritating emails right after this. Have a marriage dilemma? Email your questions to ask at markgunger.com and Mark can answer them during one of our shows. Get about the mortgage, get about the bills. Tonight there'll be no blues around here. Check your blues at the door. 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 So kick back, relax, cause we're checking our blues at the door. The music of Jimmy Bratcher. Check it out, jimmybratcher.com. Probably play some mean blues piano, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we played that in school. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, we should time this. I thought this because I... <laughs> Think about it too late when you're sitting there in the church. Uh, next time he comes, we should schedule him as a... He's a monster piano player. The boy can play. It'd be fun if uh, Jimmy was here. I could play the organ, you could play the piano. Oh, absolutely. We'll rock the blues out with Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a blast. Anyway, back on the Mark Gunger Show. Mark Gunger, Phil, Diane, and our special guest, Daniel, from Bulgaria. What do you got? Okay, a uh, guy writing. He says, I'm 17 years old. Several months ago, I introduced myself and began a friendship with a 24-year-old single mother at my church. She's never been married. She has a little boy who is almost five. We're not dating, but we have grown very close and emotionally attached. We are each other's best friends. I've already felt I could feel, I've already felt this is someone I could absolutely see wait, wait, myself wait. marrying. He's 17, mm-hmm. and she's how? 24. 20, okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He says, I'm a devout Christian. I do not masturbate or watch any porn at all. That being said, the sexual tension drives me absolutely nuts. (laughs) It's not just about sex, though, obviously. I truly love this woman and just desire to spend all my time with her and do everything together. The one thing that makes me question and have second thoughts about really pursuing marriage with her is her child. Not her past. That doesn't bother me because she's saved and there is grace for us all. However, about her kid. He's very sweet, but even spending a half an hour with him at times overwhelms and drains me. He hour. is a handful <laughs> times ten. A half an hour. He's toast after half an hour. A, yes. At 17? Yes. Well, he's a handful. He's your times grandfather. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I would never have a problem loving him and doing my best to be a godly father. I'm just not sure I could handle the reality of this, at least at this stage of my life. I love mm-hmm. kids. He wants to be a good father someday. Uh, he wants to know, is this wise? How can I know if God may have something else planned for us? I seek and pray for his will every day, try my best to make decisions, but I want to be careful. What do you think? Any advice? Well, number one, marriage is your choice. It is not a God a, a divine appointment for you. And there's a lot of Christians who struggle with that concept and they disagree with me heartily. Well, then do what you ever want to do. But if you want to listen to what the Bible teaches, the Bible does not teach that marriage is a divine appointment. In fact, when Paul the Apostle writes about marriage, he strictly approaches it as a choice. You either choose to get married or you don't. He encouraged people to don't. 
It's so, I don't see how people miss So what you're it. saying is this isn't a situation that God has for no, him or God no, doesn't have for No, no, use your brain. Now, if you love the girl and she's gorgeous and you want to marry her and do a life with her, what he's saying is all this, yeah, yeah, this is great, mm-hmm. but, and there's this great big but in the way, well, all right? Well, I have to spend more than 30 minutes at a time <laughs> yeah. with mm-hmm. the child. Yeah, you will. Mm-hmm. So, all y'all that are dating and stuff, this is the reality. You always give me the big, you know, oh, they're great and they're this and this, but there's a really big problem. Well, if there's a big problem, d- dump them and move on. That's when. That's why you're just dating, to see if there's not some big major but mm-hmm. that you can't deal with. You know, so you have a big problem. You admit this is this is hard for me to get past. Leave the girl alone, and I might add you're messing with her emotions too, because she's probably all crazy about you. Although she, <laughs> she's on the verge of being arrested for <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what's that called? Statutory, Statutory rape. Well, if they would cross those lines, y'all. you know, there's a seven year difference. Yeah. That's 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 not insurmountable but it's respectable it's a chunk can someone marry someone a man marry woman especially at his age seven years older of course you can but that's not your problem you're if you were coming to me and saying i love this girl i love the kid i love spending time with him i could do do you think seven years is too much i would say no i think it's fine go for it that's not even the issue age isn't even the issue at this point the issue is you really like this girl but you don't like the kid then move on leave her alone Quit spending time with her. Quit messing with the kid's emotions. Yeah. Because he's looking for a daddy. And, and don't don't be causing all kinds of problems. All y'all, when you're dating, don't give me your big list of this is crazy, but I can't stand this. If you get to a point where you can't stand something, that's when you say no, thank you for your time, and you move on. We'll be back with more after this short break. Caution. The Mark Hunger Show contains adult content intended for an adult audience. To pose in your false reality. We're back. Speaking of false realities, welcome to my reality on the Mark Gunner Show. Talking about love, marriage, and relationships. Answering your emails. You want to know what I think? I tell you what I think. Doesn't mean that you agree with it. I assume most people don't. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. That's not the point. Just tell me what I think, and then you can take it and run with it. What do you got there, sunshine? Husband writing. He says, I have a question regarding my marriage. I am five years married, and the first year my wife showed much affection toward me. However, from the second year onward, she started to show less and less affection. I don't mind being the initiator when we have sex, but I find it strange that she will never initiate uh, or give a hug, and giving a hug or a kiss is very difficult for her. When I ask her what the reason is, she just says, ah, she's not really a person that can give much affection. Mm-hmm. I asked him, does she respond to you when you you know, act affectionately towards her? He says, yes, most of the time she responds positively. Uh, he, but he did say the only time she does show it is around other people, that then she'll hug and kiss him around other people, but when they're in bed together, that she just does not approach him or want to hug or kiss him at all. Oh, just stare on other people all the time. <laughs> you guys mind just staying in the room with you us for a little bit? You mind staying with us while we go. <laughs> when you have sex, invite like you know the neighborhood Let's over. Let's not. And, Let's uh, not do that. And then she'll be more affectionate. Uh, look, this is the classic thing. Every single argument in marriage boils down to one very simple argument. Why can't you be more like me? Everybody struggles with, at some level. 
everybody, they get married to someone, they think it's great, and then it drives them crazy. Why can't you be more like me? Because I am the standard of normality. I am the center of the universe. I, 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 is what I say, okay? Stop. You are upset because she's not as affectionate as you are. So, therefore, there's something wrong with her. I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with you. Maybe you're too affectionate. Have you considered that? How about you stop complaining that she's not like you and enjoy the girl for who she is? If she's denying you and won't let you touch her and is not a lover to you, now you got an issue. If you want her to be like you and just be all, ah, well, good grief. Well, and at the beginning, it's always there's always more at the beginning, and then normal life sets in and routine sets in, and that's kind of normal, isn't it? That that yeah. Let me say something that might be actually helpful, and so I might continue whining at these people. Uh, <laughs> there is a thing called the sexual response cycle. Mm-hmm. Do you you know about these things? Mm-hmm. Okay, desire, Mr. Bulgaria. Do you know this? Yes, I've heard it from you. Oh, <laughs> I can't even give him any enlightenment. Desire, but you've read, have you read this? You read this in yes. books and stuff like yes, Sex 101. they all say this. Desire leads to arousal, which leads to intercourse, which leads to the plateau, which leads to the climax, which leads to the resolution. All right, that's the sexual response cycle. Let's begin with the beginning. Desire leads to arousal. Okay, that sounds great. The problem is it's not true for millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of women. At some point, I call it the big swap. It occurs. I don't know when, where, or how, or why. And it's probably different with everyone. Where the little can here swaps places with the bobblehead. All right? Women are just like men in the beginning of the relationships. They have lots of desire, and their desire leads to arousal. And that's what you love so much about the early part of marriage. We all do, okay? Then the women change. The women complain, but ladies, who changes? You, not us. Cut your guys some break, but guys, you got to realize this is just normal. It swaps. Now the desire uh, doesn't lead. Now she has to be aroused first before desire kicks in. The ones who figure this out are not frustrated and mad and they have a wonderful marriage. The guys who don't figure out and are just always angry are the ones who have miserable marriages. She, But she used to have all this desire. I know. But then the big swap happens. I don't like it. It's an issue I might take up with God, although I don't think he cares what I think. All I know is it swaps. She used to have all this desire, just like you, and then it swaps, and now she needs to be aroused first. You, however, still have the desire. And it was so easy in the beginning because she has as much desire as you did, and we just, sparks flew. It was wonderful. But then the big swap happens. Now she needs to be aroused first. Now you need to be a lover to her, which means you need to be nice to her. You need to say nice things. You need to touch her nice ways. You need to arouse her, assuming that she's healthy, a good time of the month, the hormones, all that stuff. It's rather complicated. But once you arouse the girl, then the desire kicks in, and then the rest of the sexual cycle occurs. The number of people who freak out over this issue is stunning beyond comprehension. Women who feel bad because, oh, I guess I'm never interested in sex anymore. No, they're just your normal. Mm-hmm. Just, you need to be aroused first, and then you feel like it. Well, yeah. Well, that's what happens. There's nothing wrong with you. And the guys who get mad at their wives arguing all the time, how come you don't have the same desire you used to have? Well, she doesn't. That's all there is to it. I wish they would teach this so that men and women knew this going in. I mean, this is something that should be taught in pre-marriage classes. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, this is what it'll be like. Chances are, at some point, it will change. Not always. Some women stay that way all the time. Some couples stay like that, and they're just over 
You ever see couples like this? They're all over each other 24-7. They're hilarious. Highly entertaining because she maintains the same desire as he does. But at least if you knew it was coming, you would be prepared for it and not think that, oh my gosh, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. I know. So what they have to understand, there's going to come a time. Sometimes it can take years. Sometimes it happens right away. A lot of times it happens with a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, All of a sudden now, she doesn't have this big desire anymore. Now she needs to be aroused first, and then the desire will follow, which now makes it more work for the guy. Now you need to be a lover to the girl. Learn how to arouse her so that her desire kicks in. It's very, very normal. And don't just keep complaining that, oh, she's not like me. Well, she's not like you, so what? My wife's not like me. She should be. (laughs) That would not be good. I'm a wonderful person. That would not be good. All right? But all couples do this. And that's why I always say in my seminars, one argument in marriage, there's only one argument. Why can't you be more like me? And when you got two people doing that to each other, crash and burn. Anyway, all right. Well, and we talked about it a couple of shows ago that the way that sex is portrayed in TV and movies and all that doesn't help because then these guys see all these women throwing themselves at and being these big, hot and heavy initiators and they think, not even porn, I mean, certainly in porn, but even just in regular media. And they wonder, well, why aren't you like that? Why isn't my wife? Because it's portrayed so poorly. Yeah, well, it's poorly, but in a way accurately because in the beginning of the relationship, she is like that. Well, that's all that they're showing, though. That's all well, that they're seeing. Well, they is never early show sex. anything. Once someone gets married, right. you, you watch any of these shows, and they're all hot and heavy, hot and heavy, and you always see them screwing in on the job and going crazy. Once they get married, that's the big thing at the end of the season. They finally get married. You never see. Yeah, but do you think that they're watching watching that and parsing that out? No, they're just thinking, "Oh, my wife's not like that." They're not thinking it through. I know that. They're just just thinking, "My wife's not like that." Why they portray that way? It is accurate. I get. What they don't, they keep don't keep showing you the rest of the story, which is our job to educate people. It doesn't stay that way. You know, I was watching what do you call a Chicago Fire? You ever Mm -hmm. see this thing? And Casey and the little Latina chick. Mm -hmm. All right. When they were first getting together, man, they were doing it in every corner mm-hmm. in the place, and they're, you know, in the show. <laughs> and then they finally get married. Oh, oh they, they did get married. Yeah. Oh. They never, never show, show them it. doing it again. As far as Hollywood is concerned, nobody has sex once you get married. Oh, they don't care about it. They don't care. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. There's a very twisted people. Anyway, all right, we'll take a break, come back with another email right after this. Attend Mark's Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage event. Visit LaughYourWay.com for upcoming dates and locations. I remember the first time I crossed that bridge. Seemed like miles and miles, miles and miles. The river was so wide. We are back on the Mark Gunner Show talking about love, marriage, and relationships. Phil's just telling me I'm booked somewhere. Does she not see the uh, blocked out section where I'm already have commitments <laughs> on the uh, on the booking calendar? You're staff double meeting. booked. Staff meeting. You're double booked. Staff meeting. Saying? All right. No, I don't see anything booked out. Blocked out. How come it doesn't show up? Look at mine. See this? Block. And she has me right in the middle there. How come mine doesn't show up on yours? 
Something's wrong. Staff meeting. All right, what do you got? Okay, it's a mom writing. She says, my 16-year-old son has recently told his father and I that he is bisexual, attracted to boys as well as girls. How old is he? 16. Okay. My response was a concern for his relationship with God. Searches of the Bible indicate to me that homosexuality is a sin. My Uh son's evangelical youth leader referred to Romans 12 and said that as long as he loved Jesus and shared that love with others, he would remain a Christian. He was baptized Catholic as a toddler and has attended church Awana religious camps and youth groups regularly. It seems that I heard at some point that scientists say the brains of homosexuals are physically different, which would indicate that the behavior is not a choice. Can Uh a homosexual be a Christian? It seems terrible to me that God would create someone to be something he hates. Is homosexuality a weakness to be fought or a trait to be supported? What advice can you offer me in dealing with this part of my son's life? I'll give you advice knowing that all kinds of people get angry at it, uh, but you're asking my opinion. My opinion of the Bible could not be possibly clearer. It's not okay. Here's the thing when it comes to sex. As a Christian, all that matters is what does God say is okay. Because I love Jesus and I feel like having sex with my girlfriend, I can't have sex with my girlfriend. Right. Not according to the Bible. Right. If I'm married and I like that girl over there and I'm not married to that girl, but I want to have sex with that girl over there, well, did God make me this way? Why would God make me want to have sex with another woman when I'm already married to another? It's God's fault. No, it's not. I can't have sex with the other one because I'm married to this one. That's the way it is, all right? Uh, There's all kinds of rules about, for Christians, we just follow what God's standard is. The fact that he might feel, and by the way, you know the Bible never uses the word homosexual. Never uses the word gay. There is no differentiation saying that they are a different person than anyone else. It just says people who have sex with people, men who have sex with men, women who have sex with women. That's all it says. There was never a separate category. We in Western culture now have given a separate category to them and say, well, maybe their brains are just maybe this. It doesn't really matter how we are. It's just that if we want to honor God, you have to do things his way. And here's the other thing. What you ought to be teaching your children is that it doesn't matter how you feel. We don't serve God based on how we feel. If I feel like having sex with a, with a cow... And there's people who there's have sex with, who with do Wisconsin. Do you know how many guys in Wisconsin? Get up and, dear Jesus, I can't. I've heard the stories. You say, well, well, I know a guy personally. He told me. I know you, know, you do. That I've was heard a the shocker. Story. That was a shocker at dinner. <laughs> We're having dinner, right? We're having steak. All of a sudden, the guy goes, and, and he had to say, we weren't talking about anything remotely, <laughs> remotely connected to anything. Unlike my life now, which is every other discussion is about sex. Yeah. Every, all of them discussions about sex. I want to talk about all day long. Be this was question. many years ago. Oh, many, many years ago when I was a semi-normal person. We're at dinner. We're eating a steak. All of a sudden he goes, you know, I used to have sex with cows. <laughs> well. Was he a Christian? Yes. Oh, my gosh. What, what the heck is that? What kind of... Well, and the worst part well, is, is eating, it was sort of a date. A is there something about the steak that reminded, so reminded you of someone? Uh, you yeah. know what this reminds me of? <laughs> uh-uh. Man! I mean, how do you even have that? Well, how do you... Oh, okay. That's nice. What well, do you say? The worst part is you were... Uh, it was a date. You were kind of setting him up with some, another friend of theirs. I wasn't setting him up. They were doing this on their own. Okay. It was a date. It was, it was okay. their date. Okay. First time together. He leads they, with that. He leads he, with... I used to have sex with cows. <laughs> Well, the date is like, ah! Oh, my gosh. And we're like, ah! But you can't go, ah! I mean, the guy's sitting there eating your... Steak. And he meant like literal cows. He wasn't meaning like... Not okay. fat girls. Okay. No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> ow! 
No, oh! I'm serious. I'm not. I'm just, no, I know. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. He literally was into bestiality. Okay, I just don't know if I would just get up and run from the table or throw up right there. I mean, honestly, what do you? How do you react to that? I'll tell you how you react. You just keep eating your. <gasps> what else can you do? Uh, well, I, I don't mean, know if they I don't give. That. They don't give classes on what to do when <laughs> oh. someone says. At dinner, I used to have sex with cows. I've never had that class. Uh-uh. So you just you move forward. It's a little you uncomfortable. You call like some etiquette expert. Yeah. Like a dinner conversation. Emily Post. What to do when. Emily Post. What do I do now, Emily? Dear Emily, we had a friend at dinner. Suddenly announced he had sex with cows. What, what should would I do? be the appropriate I, etiquette? I, yeah. Now, I'm sure he felt like he really wanted to. Is that Clearly. God? Did God make him that way? What about people who have adult men who have sex with little boys? I think the world has a problem with that. Well, if God made him this way, see, it never ends, people. It never ends. Because you're against gay, I'm not against anybody. I'm just saying the rules are the rules. This is what we do. It doesn't matter if you feel like having sex with cows. You don't have sex with cows. Doesn't matter if you're an adult man and you want to have sex with a little boy. You don't have sex with a little boy. Doesn't matter if you are a man and you want to have sex with another man. You don't have sex with another man. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter how you someone thinks your brain is that God made them. It's all nonsense. You make a choice. As a Christian, we choose to serve God. What we do instead today is we are who we are. We want the Bible to align up to our feelings. Well, I, and in this case, he's bisexual. Mm-hmm. He says attraction to both. <laughs> Which, but do you know how many people throughout his Roman? You read the Roman culture; they all did this. They were, virtually the whole nation was bisexual. You just stuck yeah. it wherever there was a place to stick it. Yeah, and there wasn't a name for a homosexual. That, that was normal to everybody, and they didn't even call them bisexuals. They were a. It was a very uh, depraved culture. And that eventually do whatever implode. you want. You just did whatever felt good. Yeah. And that's what they did. They'd stick it in someone's ear if it felt uh. good. It didn't really matter. Well, no, there's not a special status for that. Unless you think Christianity is, oh, so oppressive and backward and the Bible needs to be updated and all this other can nitwit that these young uh, millennial Christians who've been totally corrupted think about. Take any religion, almost any major religion in the world condemns the same behavior. Mm-hmm. Buddhism, uh, Islam, Hinduism, Islam, Judaism—they all negatively approach. If there's one conclusion you could make, let's say you're an agnostic and you don't really know about Christianity or anything, and you think well, there might be a God somewhere, maybe you would have to assume, and you think all men's efforts to reach out to God are pretty much the same. Let, take all that. religions are equal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're saying you would have to conclude. That when it comes to the very basics, that this must not be what God likes. And here's the basics in almost all religion. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Take someone else's wife. Mm -hmm. And do not have sex with a person of the same sex. This is virtually universal in all religions. Oh, there's a few of this religion over here. And I'm saying, well, there's versions of Confucius. or I'm just telling you, the basic standard for all things. You just Google them and see. They have statements, particularly Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Mm-hmm. One would have to assume that if all these religions have anything right about God, you'd have to assume that God has a problem. Lying, stealing, cheating, killing, adultery, and sex with someone of the same sex. So this isn't just a Christian issue or Christian problem. Virtually all religions think this way. If there's one thing that apparently they got straight, it's that. 
Well, then you're saying, God, what about people who don't? Look, Paul the Apostle said, why does anybody get married? He tried to encourage everybody to stay single. It's not like if you don't have sex, you can't be happy. It's not like if you, you go, oh, it's so fair if I can't have sex. It's absurd. Nobody has to have sex. We choose to have sex. As Christians, we choose to have sex in God's way. That God says, okay, here's a path for you to have sex. Okay, great. If your son is, in fact, bi- bisexual, at least that's an easy call. Say, well, okay, you can't have sex with guys, but you can. And then, first of all, he's not supposed to be having sex with anybody until he's married. Yeah. Get married and just have sex with a girl. Well, I'm bisexual. Well, good. Well, that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, anyway, everybody's all obsessed. And God, why did he make me this way? That argument falls apart as soon as you start adding animals to it or men with children or women with crows and, you know, just, I mean, <laughs> whatever the heck it is. You can say the same thing. I can't help but steal. God made me a, a, a you know, how can God be against stealing? When I, I, I'm, ma- I'm made this way. There's something in my brain that makes me steal. I'm someone who cheats. I'm so, all. Oh, I'm a killer. I can't help but kill. There's people who believe this. Oh, there are. I just the, read you, something oh, like that. that you they, are biologically born a killer. A killer. You have no choice. So yeah. it's God's fault. Yeah. So, it's, so all of mankind is pointing their finger back at God saying, it's your fault. Did you do a Google search for it, though? Were you no, I don't even know where I... Trying to answer some questions yeah, yeah. for yourself? Okay. Yeah. yeah, just making sure it covers... Why him. do I want to kill people? Why yeah. do I want to kill Mark? Okay, <laughs> it's made that way. So, so, beca- because I'm made that way. It, that's everybody's go-to thing. And I'm telling you, God did not make people in all these ways. People feel like killing people. People feel like having sex with the same sex. People feel like taking someone else's wife. People feel like stealing. People feel like lying. There's all kinds of feelings... As Christians, as people, we don't live by how we feel. You want to straighten out your kids, all y'all? Teach them it doesn't matter what you feel. All that matters is what God wants for us to do. Do that. Build on that. Now, and all of that, she won't listen to anything I just said, and it doesn't really matter, but that's my answer. All right, we'll be back right after this. Want more of Mark? Visit markgunger.com. There you will find everything that Mark has to offer. I require no invitation For quiet walks and rendezvous My only expectation Please forgive me Is that you're with me Have you noticed that the Michael Bryan's music all sounds like a Disney movie? Yes, it does. (laughs) It sounds like it could be Disney track. Uh, He's really good. Yeah. So I was talking to Michael, and uh, he wants to... uh, get together with me and do some date night events with couples. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at that. So I don't know, it'd be fun. I've done one or two with him already. Mm-hmm. And uh, the response is amazing. He's very, very talented. Oh, he's very good. And he's really good looking too. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's very good. So I told him, let's do a tour. He says, well, we need to come up with a name with it. I said, yeah, we'll call it Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> but, you know, I'll try not to get too many people to call you Beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, and he laughed. He's very why, tall and strapping. I don't, I don't and has know why he laughed. What was yeah. funny about that? Because yeah. it's the beauty and, the beast. and he's the beast. Well, I he's think. beast, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to you, hey! he's beast. Hey! He's, no, he's beast. a pretty boy. He is. Anyway, so it'll be fun if we do that. What do you got? Okay, well, I don't know you if we have any time, time for see. anything. I don't think we actually do. So now you have to talk about more about the beauty and the beast. <laughs> How beautiful. The question would people want to come and hear him and listen to me at the same time. I think time. that a lot of people don't know who he is. A lot of people don't know who I am. This is true. So would anybody pay to come see two people that they have no idea who they are? <laughs> <laughs> I 
anybody as well send Phil and I out there. We could do that. Well, the truth is a lot of people who do go to these date nights are, and I told him that. I said, the selling point is date night. Yeah. Doesn't need to know who you, you are. You know what I'm saying? Because churches have pushed that so heavy yes. in recent. So that's really yes. the go-to phrase today. Yes. The marketing thing is yeah. date night. Everybody's got to do date night, even yeah. the secular world. Yeah. Problem with your marriages, you don't do any date, date night. night. Well, and it's hard. Like, you know, you, you've often talked about how, gosh, we just don't get a lot of young couples that show up to our seminars. It's like, do you know, first off, how hard it is to just get, for a lot of couples, a babysitter just for right. a night? Uh-huh. right. And then this seminar is a weekend. Like, dude, I got maybe three yeah. weekends all year that I can get covered. I'm not using yeah. one of those right. to go to a marriage and seminar. And it's the babysitter and the ticket price and everything. It's too expensive yeah. for young people. But a date night, they might do that. Maybe. It's just a one night a date deal. night because it's easier to get someone to watch your kids for one night. Yes. Yeah. It's the, just a, a weekend seems or just daunting. Let the, for let the dog watch them for a few children. hours. How bad can it be? Right. <laughs> go to jail. Anyway. All right. Daniel, thanks for hanging out with us, man. Thank you. God bless you. You and your wonderful wife. We'll see you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle.